Now, massive auction numbers toward the end of this year, haven't they? I want to talk property with Peter O'Malley from Harris Partners. Peter is the editor of Harris Partners Real Estate Report. It's a monthly publication for home buyers, homeowners and investors. And he's also the author of the best-selling publications Real Estate Uncovered and Insight Real Estate. We've spoken to Peter many times on air here at 2GB and across the network. And he's on the line for chat compliments of the season. Merry Christmas to you, Luke. Nice to chat, Peter. Let's get down to business here. The the, the way the year finished, I, I don't know if there's a if there's a point coming where real estate won't get capital growth in the capital cities uh, ever again. I just imagine this is something that just is part of what happens here in Australia. But how did it finish the year that was 2021? And uh, and and what do you make of the the growth in prices and the likelihood that will continue? Luke, Sydney was up around 30% for the year, which was phenomenal by anyone's standards. And I think it's fair to say that we won't see that repeated next year. The median price, house price in Sydney at the moment is $1.36 million, where if we cut across, across to Brisbane in comparison, that too enjoyed a growth of about 25-26% this year. Um, but Brisbane's coming off a very low base, where the median house price in Brisbane is only $760,000. So I would say that each capital city needs to be judged on its own merits, where I see Brisbane having another good year in 2022, whereas I think Sydney will be flat, um, if not suffer a modest correction if interest rates do go up. Melbourne's an interesting one where I think Melbourne underperformed, and I think that's a function of people probably overwhelmed by the lockdowns in Melbourne, and it does seem as though the population was drifting out of Melbourne into the regions and other capital cities. Interesting observation that, and of course in Sydney we've had so few international arrivals as, uh, as well, which I guess has had its impact uh, into the market. If we can break it down to the next level, can you tell me what the best performing segments of the market were, and do you think the regions as a consequence are overpriced? I think we need to be careful with speculating in the regions to begin with. Um, regional capital cities... Uh, are probably going to continue to do well, Luke. So a regional capital city would be sort of Ballarat in Victoria, uh, Wollongong, Newcastle here in New South Wales and Caloundry in Queensland. They have good infrastructure and they allow good employment. The work from home thing will continue into 2022 and 2023. Um, but I think uh, going out and buying in uh, very small towns and, and, and buying a cheap property just because it's cheap and it's regional is fraught with danger once the office does reopen in the major capitals. As far as the best performers in the capitals are, um, it was the top end of the markets in, in, is what we saw. So the upper 10% of most property markets in capital cities did the best. And this is actually a challenge for the federal government going into the next election, in my view, is what happened in COVID is a lot of money, as we know, was pushed out into the economy and it, it all went straight to asset prices. So stock markets have, uh, have hit record highs globally, as have property markets in capital cities globally. Um, so out of COVID, the rich have got richer and people at the bottom end of the market are getting squeezed because they're the ones who are most impacted by lockdowns. And what we are seeing in Australia is not trends just within Australia. We are following global trends with these things, Luke. 
Fascinating. And and what about the banking regulator, APRA? I think they, they tried to do a few things maybe to, to take the heat out of things during the late part of the year. Did, did that work? And uh, if they continue to do that, what happens? Yeah, two things happened late in the year to slow the Sydney property market down. The first was APRA, as you quite correctly outlined, introduced some measures to slow the market down. And the measure they undertook this time was to increase the serviceability rate, the rate at which you're assessed on your mortgage, by an additional 0.5%. So what that did is it knocked a lot of fringe borrowers out who might have been speculating in the market who probably couldn't withstand the investment if and when interest rates rates were to rise. Uh, APRA would be absolutely delighted with the impact that they got from from that move um, because it, all, it had an almost instant impact in the property market. It did coincide, as far as Sydney uh, goes, with the reopening of Sydney after the lockdowns, and that suggests that uh, APRA probably wanted to pull the trigger on this earlier um, but didn't want to do so during a lockdown because the economy was struggling for confidence as it was. The other major change that we saw in the market late in the year is the retail banks started increasing their mortgage rates and their fixed home loans, despite the RBA not raising. So even though the RBA didn't raise interest rates, the property market effectively did have interest rate rises late in the year. And that had a definite impact where in Sydney, auction clearance rates were running at 80, 85%. And by the end of the year, the last auction day of the year with very high volumes, Sydney actually recorded a 47% clearance rate. Yeah. What about interest rates themselves? Because the the RBA keeps saying there'll be no movement during the upcoming year and maybe not until 2024, but we've got inflation rising all over the joint, haven't we? We certainly have. It's hard to see the RBA being able to stick to their 2024 forecast for the first of the rate rises. I think, um, personally, I think the market will force them to go earlier, Luke. Tell me about property management. That's a key part of this discussion that we probably don't focus enough on. People renting properties, and I know you've got uh, a significant portfolio there. What's it been like within Harris Partners? And uh, perhaps has there been anything that you learnt from this year that perhaps even over your long career you hadn't seen before? Well, property managers are very much the unsung heroes of our industry, Luke. A lot of the kudos and and, uh, large pay packets, if you like, do go to salespeople in the industry. Um, But the hard grinding day-to-day work and the management of of the clients is often left with the property management uh, department. Now, uh, when a lockdown occurs, what happens is casuals, vulnerable workers, hospitality workers, uh, tourism staff are the first to fall into financial difficulties. And without wanting to be overly general, the majority of those workers, because they're young people working in cafes and pubs, etc., are renting properties. So if you're a landlord and you've suddenly got a tenant in distress who doesn't have a job and can't work anymore, suddenly that has a, a, a massive ripple effect right across the uh, the spectrum as to what you're going to do because most landlords acted with a conscience, um, but they had a mortgage to pay at the same time. And it was up to property managers to negotiate a resolution uh, between a a, a tenant who didn't have a job and a landlord who needed to pay a mortgage. And do you expect rents will be higher in the year ahead or not necessarily? 
look, again, it's a case-by-case basis um, on each market because they all have different dynamics. So the Gold Coast, for example, experienced very strong rises in rents this year as people flocked to the Gold Coast as a great place to ride out COVID. Uh, If we come to an inner-city suburb, Luke, like Camperdown, which is fully reliant on university students and developers have acted accordingly over the last decade and built thousands of apartments around the university in Camperdown, that market absolutely crashed and has not recovered. Um, One of the definite trends that we saw all year as property prices hit record highs is landlords were faced with falling rents and record high sale prices, and they opted to sell out. So there's a shortage of houses in the rental market and probably an excess of inner city apartments. And the only way this will recalibrate is getting the pandemic well and truly behind us and seeing international students return to Australia in very big numbers. And if you were a crystal ball 2022, even in December 2021, do you think there's a, a best time to be hitting the market with a property for sale or it's not that easy? Uh, look, I I wouldn't like to say it's easy, but there are some things happening on the horizon that suggest to me, Luke, that a, a, a vendor should probably look towards the first uh, quarter of the year to sell in 2022. We've got a federal election in May. Uh, as we've already discussed, interest rates are likely to push up. Once this pandemic is over us, and hopefully it is past, we are past the worst of the pandemic in the second half of the year, a lot of the easy money that governments have pumped into the economy will begin to be withdrawn, and that may leave a hangover effect. So, yes, if I was looking to sell an investment property or, or get a good price for my property and potentially go to the sidelines for a while, I'd be looking to probably go early in the uh, new year. And Peter, I've got to ask you this. After years of um, seeing the Tigers underperform, are you coming across to the Mighty Roosters, mate? Uh, I'll stay on the right side of the fence for now, but uh, if I'm a realist, I think the Tigers are going to have a tough year again in 2022, Luke. Okay. (laughs) I just thought I'd make a play for you there. Mate, you're a star. Peter, always great to chat. Peter O'Malley from Harris Partners. We'll talk again soon.